Welcome to That Weekend Feeling with Darren Mann. That Weekend Feeling today in conversation with Gary Cookamore. He is from Wildlife and Environmental Society of South Africa in the Eastern Cape, WESA, as they are known. A year ago, Gary, we were celebrating, along with environmentalists, various arms of civil society and small-scale fishermen, we were celebrating a high court victory over the Shell Company, oil and gas exploration via seismic survey off the wild coast and the east coast of Africa, was turned down by the, or ruled against by the high court, but uh, it's reared its ugly head again, albeit with a, a different company in a slightly different location. Yes, good morning, Darren, and good morning to your listeners. Um, certainly, it's back again, and uh, you know, back with a bang, uh, as uh, Seismic does. So the so this new one is a company called CGG, and they're a exploration company. And so what they're wanting to do is what they call a speculative survey, a seismic survey, uh, off our coast, so from the Algoa Basin down to the Otaniqua Basin. So that's about fifty k's offshore from PE. 45 k's offshore from Cape St. Francis and about 120 k's off Plett. Um, and the idea is that they will uh, do seismic blasting for uh, starting in January next year and they'll do it for four to five months. Uh, so just for your listeners, that's 108 seismic guns going off every five to 15 seconds uh, that fires into the rock bed and then uh, is picked up by sound receptors uh, to then understand what is in the rock formation below. And that suggests then where oil and gas deposits could be found off our coast. Um, yeah, so uh, so that operation is going to go on for 24-7. It's going to go on for four to five months. Uh, and we're deeply concerned about its impact on that very sensitive marine ecosystem. The environmental impact assessment currently underway or has it been completed? So the the initial stage of it has been completed. So they've, they've completed what they call a draft basic assessment report. Um, and that has gone for comment. And that's what we've commented on. And now they'll finalize that and then it will go out uh, for us to view again before it then goes to the uh, to PASA and DMRE for final approval. And then uh, there's a potential appeal stage after that. The extent of consultation with other role players? Oh, look, I mean, I think in this case, uh, they've learned from the Shell case. And so the Shell case was primarily the issue there was uh, the, not proper consultation. In this case, they have they have generally consulted widely. Um, I mean, there could be some questions in terms of whether they've actually got to the real fishing communities. There is some questions about the heritage report. There is some questions about how they identified uh, traditional communities, uh, particularly koi koi or sand communities in terms of engaging with, but they have uh, engaged more extensively than what was ha what happened in the Shell case. So they're, they're trying to fill the gaps that the Shell case failed on. Uh, the big issue that's not been debated in the courts is the impact on the marine system and then the impact on the fishing community that lives off that, um, off that marine system. Now, when it comes to research, Gary, um... We can buy scientists on either side of the debate, say the cynics, but is yes. the research definitive? Um, do we have a final position? Because that was touched on in the Shell case by the High Court as well. Yeah, so the important thing for people to understand in terms of our constitution and our environmental laws is that we have this principle of uh, what is called the cautionary principle. Is so that if you don't know enough, you don't proceed. Until you know what the impact of a certain development is, then you should proceed. Now, 
The problem for us is that the depth of the water here is between 200 meters to 4,000, 4,500 meters. You know, and for the average person, you can scuba dive to 30, 30 meters comfortably, but you can't go below that. You know, so the, the ability to research this area is very limited, and there's a very limited research that has taken place. But we do know uh, it's a very uh, high biodiversity um, area. So the so this is where you have the king clip breed and spawn. This is where the the turtle hatchlings come down their gullus current. Uh, this is where the sardine run starts. Um, so off their gullus banks, the, all of that. So it's a highly biodiverse area. And the key thing for us in terms of marine is that it's a sound environment. You know, so, so everyone's very familiar with dolphin and whales and how they communicate. The question we have to the developers, and in this case, the speculative survey, is is what does a wall of noise, so it's almost a permanent wall of noise, what does it do in slap bang in the middle of the gullus current to that marine environment? And and what's clear is that if turtle hatchling drifts through that because they can't direct themselves, they don't have the strength, uh, they're forced to follow the current, they will probably be killed in that process. Uh, whales and dolphins will avoid it, but will they change their behavior patterns? The sardines will probably also avoid it, but that's the start of the sardine run. So uh, so you, you're basically putting a sound wall at the start of the sardine run. What happens? Now, there isn't any research uh, that they've done to to say what that's going to be. And so we've, we've raised those questions in the basic assessment report, uh, and hopefully their scientists will answer that question. You've based your objections on environmental grounds. Those in favour, is it purely financial? No, so, so you know, West's position is uh, the one of the constitution, which is sustainable development. And the sustainable development is a three-legged pot. It's both, well, it's environment, it's uh, social, so people oriented, and it is economic. Uh, and our argument isn't just environmental. There's a the core component is that you know the world has decided that we will go carbon neutral or carbon zero by 2050. Uh, the energy agency, the world's energy energy agency, has said we don't need new oil and gas deposits. Um, and so this is a new oil and gas deposit. It's going to take them 15 to 20 years before you will see something that takes that comes from it. And we're saying in terms of economics. That doesn't make sense. It's going to be a stranded asset. You're going to spend all of this energy in, uh, excuse the pun, in uh, developing uh, an asset that potentially will deliver nothing. And you and you potentially will kill off fishing industry and a community like Cape St. Francis, for instance, is entirely reliant on that. So if you take that out of Cape St. Francis, what, what happens to that community? How do you compensate for that? Um, and we're saying this thing just doesn't make sense. We've got plenty of other ways you can put uh, you know you can put sea-based wind turbines there. Uh, you will generate the energy in a far less uh, environmental hazardous way than that there are other ways of doing it uh, it's just purely financial the the companies behind this need to show that they are developing new reserves um, for their investors you know and we're saying it's crazy it's it's it doesn't make economic sense it doesn't make environmental sense that's for sure. Uh, and for people, what what jobs are going to come from it? We, the industry is already fully staffed. They will bring on their own people. You will have very few local jobs created by that. Um, so yeah, so the, it's just it's a sin. It's a development that makes no sense. The period for comment and objection has uh, that expired or still open? 
So it has uh, it's closed for the initial stage. It will reopen when the final uh, final uh, document is is put out, and then there will be an opportunity for an appeal at the, at a later stage. So there are still opportunities uh, to comment. You know, we we did a very interesting exercise uh, where we got thirty cars together. Uh, and we did uh, give a hoot protest, uh, and just to demonstrate the cumulative impact of that, where we we blew the hooters every every ten seconds for a couple of minutes at a time, uh, oh. and you know, uh, and it you know just demonstrated, and so that's the kind of comments that we send to people: give give that to the developers, give it to the DMRE. Uh, we we really don't need this kind of development in a in a in a highly sensitive, biodiverse area that's going to create very few jobs and is potentially a stranded asset. So that's an interesting protest. You had car hooters going off to to mimic or symbolize the seismic air guns. What, yeah. sort, of, what sort of DB does a car hooter uh, put out versus those seismic air guns? So we measured between 80 to 110 dBs on the car hooters. The seismic gun puts out between 210 and 250, so around about 230. And the important thing, and that's one of the things that doesn't come out in the report, is that it's a logarithmic relationship. So it's not it's not double. So 80, 160 is not double uh, 80. It, it, what it is, it's a, it's a number. Uh, it's a million times more. I think it's uh, the estimate is 19,000 times to 3 million times louder than what a car hooter is. Uh, and because it's in the sea, so in water, that carries um, – so they've measured seismic noise uh, thousands of kilometers away. Uh, but, uh, you know, so the, the real question is the impact. And this is in a sensitive kingclip area. It's a sensitive um, marine bri- area. We know it's going to kill the uh, turtle hatchlings. Um, the, the, yeah, you know. So really, what we're trying to demonstrate is that what the uh, scientists in this process are not talking about is the cumulative effect. This wall of noise, it's, uh, you know, that you build in the sea um, that goes on for kilometres. Um, what what is that going to do? And and they have, haven't got an answer to that. Give me an idea of who else has joined you in objecting and protesting against this development. Uh, do you have scientific groups? Is it uh, small-scale fishermen, other arms of civil society? Yeah, so all of those. Um, so we have a number of scientists. Uh, marine marine biologists particularly are very concerned about it. Um, you'll know that Dr. Lorian Pichigru, who's the prof at the the centre uh, at NMU here has done a paper on penguins and the impact on penguins in terms of seismic, and it's seen that it's a negative impact. Um, I think that's the only published papers locally in South Africa on seismic. Uh, local fishermen groups are very much concerned. So your, uh, so your handline fishers particularly, your squid fishing community are very concerned in terms of the impact on uh, squid uh, spawn and uh, and eggs. Um, and we've had a number of uh, environmental groups, uh, national and local, that have been involved, uh, and communities. You know, so the community of St. Francis, for instance, has has, has come together very strongly against this, um, and then a number of other communities along the way. You touched on the penguins, close to my heart. We had populations of thousands of penguins as yes. recently as five, six, seven years ago. They appear to have largely disappeared. Are they extinct? Can they be rehabilitated? Sankob are doing a great job, I know, but it appears to be a massive problem. Yeah, so Darren, it is a, it's a, again, this thing about cumulative effect. Um, you know, so the, 
So we're fairly sure that the bunkering has a huge impact on it. Uh, but we know that the penguins here were in decline before bunkering arrived. So it, uh, probably what has happened is that they've hastened it, so they've amplified it. But sea noise is, we think, one of the great uh, great issues. Because what's happening is that uh, sardines will be overfishing sardines, so that's the, the, the key issue. The, the secondary issue is that the noise in the sea is driving those sardines away. So the penguins have to go further to get their um, to get their food, and basically the penguins are starving to death at this point in time. So that's so we were we went around um, St Croix Island a couple of weeks ago, um, and I think the latest estimates are about eight hundred breeding pairs there, which were the year before was about a thousand two hundred to thousand six hundred, if I remember correctly. So we we are looking at them becoming functionally extinct, certainly. Generally, the scientists reckon that within within 15 years, South Africa's African penguin population across uh, all its uh, habitat will be functionally extinct, meaning that you're only going to find them in aquariums or zoos if they still exist, uh, or uh, Sankob, for instance, in terms of rehabilitation, or the odd uh, penguin or two um, uh, stranded on an island somewhere. Oh, dear. On a positive note, this Saturday, the 10th of June, World Oceans Day, you've got a WESA initiative in terms of beach cleanup happening? Yes, we do, yeah. So, uh, half past nine at Cape Recif, uh, in the parking lot opposite Sankop, uh, we'll do a beach cleanup there. And I know that uh, I think SST are also doing a similar one at Pollock Beach. Um, so, there is a... The, our city is a fantastic natural resource. Uh, it has beautiful. Uh, we 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 blessed with a you know five biomes and an incredible uh, sea environment, um, and the community is starting to understand that and give a uh, give a damn, if I may. Uh, my apologies to the parents. Um, uh, 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 you know, th that people are caring about it and we're starting to get a voice and understand that and scientists are coming with us in that process. Um, we now have to convince uh, vested interests in the minerals and energy sector that actually renewables is a far better option for us than uh, a stranded asset. He's from the Wildlife and Environment Society of South Africa, otherwise known as WESA. Gary Kukamur, many thanks. Uh, appreciate you joining us on that weekend feeling today. Fantastic, Darren. Thank you. And thank you to your listeners. That was That Weekend Feeling with Darren Mann.